Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Inkwell Gamers podcast. We're going to have a little fun today with you all building a deck that is an unconventional color combo. We feel like before the game was released, when all of the hype was occurring and before the meta was established, people were having a lot of fun just choosing whatever color combo they want with no preconceived idea for how that interaction was truly going to play out. And they just kind of went with it from there and built their decks. And we want to kind of take some time to have fun and just go back to that kind of mindset and just see what we can come up with, especially now that we have set two cards in play. Now understand, it might not be good because right now it's not a color combo we typically see getting used. And we'll talk about at the end of our episode why we feel that way. But for right now, let's just try to build something different, right? Um, I think first and foremost, it's important to briefly cover some basic deck building principles. If you want to hear a more in-depth analysis of how to build the deck, we actually did cover this in one of our very first episodes. So feel free to go back and check it out. It might be episode eight or nine, I think. But in the meantime, let's give a super high level breakdown of what that might look like. Dalton, do you want to take us through these deck building principles? Yeah, I absolutely do. All right, Dana. So the first one, I think the most important thing is just figuring out what colors you want to try to play. And the most important thing that comes with that is knowing what each color is known for, right? Mm -hmm. If you're going to go Sapphire, then you know you'll either be probably a ramp deck or an item deck. If you go Emerald, you know you're going to be a pretty aggressive color because that's the color that has the most high questing characters for cheap costs. Mm -hmm. So knowing what each color does is definitely important. From there, you have to figure out what archetype you want to be, whether that's an aggro deck, control deck, or a mid-range deck, maybe a, a combo deck if we end up having a bunch of different combo decks in the future. If you want a more in-depth explanation of those, go back to our Who's the Beatdown episode to hear more about that. But really what a lot of those decisions are based on is the current metagame, right? So knowing what you think you're going to play against should kind of determine what you're going to play. So next, once you know what colors you want to play, I think the most important thing is find the most powerful cards and interactions that you have in those colors and just start from there. For example, if you're going to play Sapphire, you know you're probably going to want Flavor Sham and Popsicle or Mickey Mouse and Fishbone Quill mm -hmm. because you're either going to be doing the item thing or the ramp thing. Sometimes those things go well together too. Then you fill in with strong support cards, just really strong cards in that color, cards that will probably go into most archetypes. Rapunzel Gifted with Healing is a really good example for Amber, or we have Sad Beast and Steel Now, which is a card that literally goes in every seal deck. After that, you need to consider your inkables versus your uninkables. There are a lot of different opinions on to how many of those you should play, uh, given what your deck's trying to do and what your deck looks like. And then you should consider your cost curve or your mana curve, meaning you don't want all high cost characters because if you just don't play anything in the first three turns of the game, you'll probably fall way far behind. Mm -hmm. 
So now we got that covered, let's jump right into it. So the colors that we chose to do today, and we're going to build this deck on the fly, but we wanted to just kind of think of the colors beforehand. So we chose Sapphire and Amethyst. This is not a popular color combination. Each of those colors are represented in the metagame, but not definitely, definitely not together. Not together. <laughs> So Dana, what are Sapphire and Amethyst known for? So you kind of touched on it a little bit, but Sapphire is known to be a ramping color. It's also known to have items. Amethyst is a lot of card draw. Um, you do have some evasives in there. Uh, what else am I forgetting? You have like a lot of the bounce synergies. That's right. I, yep. Huge right now. And honestly, I think Amethyst is just good at doing a lot of things. You can be aggressive if you want to be. You can be controlling if you want to be. So it's a really diverse color. Yeah, super versatile. All right, so let's dive in and just start picking at our cards here. So let's talk about the most powerful cards of Sapphire and Amethyst. I feel like, well, what kind of deck are we looking to build? So I think a lot of the most powerful Sapphire cards, whether it's Flaversham and Popsicle, or Mickey Mouse, Gramatala, One Jump Ahead, and Fishbone Quill, those kind of packages. So I kind of want to start with the ramp package, just because I don't think Amethyst has enough good items to really support that kind of deck. Yeah, I feel like they have a lot of powerful amethyst has a lot of powerful characters and if we use the ramping ability of sapphire we can achieve like our our big elsa and our ursula and our dr facilier so i think that utilizing sapphire for ramping is probably our way to go and then seeing what we can do with amethyst yeah and i think i think this could be definitely an interesting concept because ramping out into ursula and elsa a couple turns early is super strong uh those cards are already really good when you play them on turn seven and eight mm -hmm. so i definitely think playing them ahead of curve will be really strong as well mm -hmm. so we're just gonna go to dreamborn here and i think the first card i'm going to add is mickey mouse detective so I know that when we build decks on Pixelborn, we always start with four of a kind and then we kind of wheedle down if we need to. So do you want to do that same strategy for here? Yep. Okay, absolutely. so we'll start off four Mickey Mouse Detectives. Yeah, we'll probably just name off a bunch of cards, throw them in the deck, and then start narrowing all the cards down at the end. So other cards I said in that ramp list were Gramatala, so four of those... As well as... What about One Jump Ahead? That's another ramp. That's yep. important. One Jump Ahead. And potentially I could even see Fishbone Quills. All right. Another really good card is also Bell Strange But Special. So let's put some number of her in as well. And when we finalize our deck list too, again, we're not saying that this is like something you should take to a tournament or anything by any means, but if you're interested in what the final deck list looks like, we'll put it on our Dreamborn and put the link for it in the episode description. Absolutely. So Dana, we have all of these ways to generate extra ink, mm -hmm. right? So now we have to figure out what we want to do with that extra ink. So what do you think are... 
some of the top end cards we should play? I think we should look at Big Elsa and possibly Baby Elsa to ramp into. I think we should look at Ursula um, just for starters. So Ursula, we'll put four of her in for now. Elsa Spirit of Winter, we'll do four of that. Elsa Snow Queen, we'll do four of that. Yeah, um, and another high-end threat that I think is really good as well is Hades. Yes. Hades, incredibly powerful. I think we should just try to fit four of him in if we can as well. All right, so now we kind of have a lot of our top end. We have some of our low end. We probably need to fill in some of the lower end in the, the middle of the game kind of cards. Yeah. Right? So... When we're looking, I think, I kind of like some of the bounce cards Mm -hmm. in Amethyst as far, like they've just proven to be really good mid-range tools and threats. So I kind of want to go with Merlin just because he's, the the goat is just a generic strong card. The goat is... The goat. Potentially the goat. (laughs) Uh, Rabbit is also insanely good. All right. And then we can throw in some Madame Mims. We know the fox fox is is insanely strong. And we know uh, Snake is also really good as well. So we're already at 52 cards, which is quite a bit. And I was thinking about some synergies just as I was scrolling through the cards right here. And I was thinking about some of the ways our deck or some of the reasons why our deck might struggle. And it's because just by looking at it, we have 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24 uninkables. And like our deck isn't even filled out all the way. Mm -hmm. So one of the concepts I was thinking is playing cards like Kuzco Wanted Llama just because when you trade with that character, at least you're getting a card back, which could help you draw into more inkables. Mm-hmm. All looking for that card advantage, which I know that you got me to start keeping my eyes open for things like that. What is going to give you a card advantage over your opponent? For yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I think along with Gramatala and Kuzco, just having those two drops that can help you find more ink, especially when your deck is looking to be a little light on that is going to be really strong. Mm-hmm. What about Hey Hey? Hey Hey, <laughs> this, so I was thinking about that too, because this is another card along the same lines as those, because if it's banished in a challenge, it just goes right back to your hand, so you can use it as an ink as well. So we could put four of those in here. Okay. Uh, it's even better at trading than what Cusco is. Mm-hmm. We need some one drop. So looking at our our curve that we were talking about, we have a lot of twos and threes and fours. We skip five and sixes and we don't have ones. So looking at our ones, I mean, we have pretty generic. Are we looking for two twos or one threes? So you have Chip as a two two. You have Flounder. uh, You have Olaf as a one three. So just maybe some sort of combination of any of those at any quantity. Yeah, I think we'll just start with chips here and maybe some flounders just because, like, this deck isn't looking like it needs... Actually, you know what? I have an idea. Alright, so actually, I want to go to Olaf. Mm-hmm. 
and I'll tell you why in in a second um, if I can find him on this. Uh, ooh, we even forgot Friends on the Other Side. That's a card that we're going to play as well. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> can't can't forget about that one. Uh, Olaf, right there. All right, so just by looking at this, I think a card that could be really strong in this deck is actually Crab Merlin as well. Do you want to guess why, Dana? Um... Because I feel like both of these colors aren't really known. Well, I guess with the exception of the new bounce cards, both of these colors really don't have super strong challengers. And so having him give your other characters challenger is pretty strong. And yeah, I don't, I, I, th I think that's why. <laughs> so yeah, so that's part of it. And when you look at a lot of our other two drops, we have... Gramatala, which is not good at challenging, but replaces itself. Mm -hmm. We have Kuzco, which is not good at challenging, but replaces itself when you draw a card. Uh, Gramatala goes to your inkwell. And then we potentially also have Hey Hey, which just returns to your hand when it's advanced in a challenge. What all of these cards really want is the ability to challenge and take out an opposing character. Mm -hmm. And if you can set it up so you play a Kuzco Wanted Llama on turn two, and then a Merlin on turn three, so you trade into their two drop, but then you also get the ability. Get too. the ability of it as well. You're not just like cycling around Kuzco to draw the card. You're actually using it to trade into your opponent's card, and that's where you gain that card advantage. Yeah, you're actually being productive. Yeah, you're not just trading it in to get that one damage and then drawing a card back. You're actually able to make use of the characters on board themselves instead of losing that board position. I like it. And the same thing kind of goes for Olaf as a 1-3. It's going to be able to challenge into a lot of the two drops uh, that it just normally can't with the challenger plus three from Merlin Crab as well. Mm -hmm. So Merlin Crab seems like as long as we have Kuzco's and Tala's and heck, even with Mickey Mouse, uh, seems like an excellent fit. Just making use of these bodies that are generally just not very good. Right. Good deal. So, all right, we have just, are we okay with just having Olaf as our only one drop or do we want to have another one drop in? Maybe a, a two, two, or is that enough? Uh, I think we might be okay having Olaf as our only one. If Sapphire had a 1-3, I might be interested in it, but they don't. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Olaf is okay. Okay, cool. So, looking now, we're still missing 5 and 6 cost cards. So, what are our options here for good ones? <clears throat> I think, um... There's that one Sapphire Maleficent that quests for three, I think. And then she has yep. a willpower of six. So she's pretty hard to get off the board. I think yep. we could have her in there. Yeah, I definitely was thinking that she could be an option as well. Um, all right. So yeah, I definitely think this is a decent option. Just a good threat. Maleficent uninvited. <clears throat> Not the easiest to get off the board. Yeah. I also think that a card that we probably need is Let It Go. Uh, the only real removal that we do have is Hades. Elsa's pretty temporary. 
while I think Crab with a lot of these two drops is good, at removing characters off the board, I think we need something that's a little more consistent and Let It Go is really good at doing that. Mm -hmm. Plus it's inkable and you can sing it. So essentially you could sing it for free. Yeah, it's it's nice. a really strong tempo play. For sure. Um, as far as maybe five and six cost cards go, I think that that might be enough. The only other cards I might consider wanting just by looking is Jetsum, just as an, a way to challenge evasive characters. And then Maleficent Sorceress is just a generically good Card three drop, drop right? Yeah. And again, with Merlin Crab, you can make use of the body that you uh, maybe couldn't have made use before. Oh, Yzma. Yzma is actually a really good one as well. The scary beyond all reason. Do we want to have the smaller one to shift? Or, I mean, I think she's good enough to have in your deck even if you don't have the smaller card to shift her onto. I do agree. I think Yzma just by herself is very good. Uh, so I think just having her as a way for emergency removal, but also as a way to turn something like Olaf or Hey Hey into real cards later in the game, more cards later in the game for yourself is also really strong as well. Mm -hmm. So, all right, we are at 92. And so we need to start whittling down. I think we should start off by picking out the cards that are a non-negotiable. We have to keep them at four for sure. I think <clears throat> Mickey Mouse Detective is one of our main ramps. We definitely need four of that. Four of your Gramatalas and four of your one jump aheads, right? Yeah, I could see going down to three one jump aheads, but three or four most likely. All right. What are ones that we wouldn't mind cutting? What about Fishbone Quill? Yeah, I don't, that's one I was thinking about. I think it is a really strong card, but I think the issue that we have is that we're not drawing enough cards to generate enough ink for it, so... I am definitely fine with cutting it. And even looking at our list right now, we have a ton of three drops, and that it's just, yeah, it just I, takes I, up the spot. It takes know? up that spot. Yep. Yep. Okay. So along with fishbone quill, I this is tough. I actually think we could potentially cut some Bell Strange but specials as well, mm -hmm. uh, just because again we're not drawing. We're not playing like a whole new world where you can flood the board of ink or characters and then refill your hand and just keep generating that ink advantage. So I could see going down to maybe two of her. Uh, she's the good, pretty good four drop anyway. Mm -hmm. What about cutting Ursula down to two or three? Yeah, I could see cutting one Ursula. I kind of want to keep four Hades because I think that is that might be the best expensive card. I mean, Elsa's obviously really good, but she costs eight, so I can see cutting one of her as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just now looking at the list, I can see cutting a couple Yzmas. I just don't know if we'll need all four of those. Uh, Jetsam, I do think we want some ways to challenge some evasive characters. I don't think we need four of those either, though. All right, so... Ooh, man, I love building decks. This is fun. All right, so now, looking at our cost curve, we have 
80 cards. We only cut 12 somehow. <laughs> Still need to cut about 20 more. Uh, we have 24 three drops. So we'll probably need to cut some amount of those. Uh, right now we only have 22 in inkables though. So, you know, we're, we're, we're getting back up. I mean, I know if we're talking, I know that a lot of people say no more than 12 to 15, but you and I have been pretty vocal about, we rock sometimes like an 18 uninkable mm-hmm. card deck. So yeah, I, I think if you build your deck right, you can get away with it for sure. So the, the number that we're at right now isn't too far off from where we normally play competitively anyway. Yeah, it just depend. Like, if your deck's game plan is to play a really long game, which this deck is going to have that game plan, then it is okay to play a few more uninkables because... You're just going to play more turns than average, and you'll you'll draw more inkables over the course of that time, mm-hmm. and that is kind of in combination with just drawing more cards. If you have ways to draw more cards or put more ink into your inkwell, I think it's okay to play a few more uninkables as well. And this deck, I think, does both at a pretty pretty good rate. Mm-hmm. So I feel like looking at it right now. I almost wonder if we cut Elsa Snow Queen down one or two. Yeah, I was thinking of maybe just cutting her completely. I don't think she's super needed. Uh, I think she might be the worst three drop that we have. And... Again, Big Elsa is good enough on her own to where you don't really need to shift her to make her worth still playing. Right, you just play Big Elsa and profit. I kind of want to cut either... The four Kuzcos or the four Hey Hey's. Why not? Poor Kano, two of each. <laughs> Poor Kano. Because I think one's probably better than the other, but I'm not sure which one. What about, okay. Um, Let's just do the Hey Hey's. We'll do the Hey Hey's. Yeah. I agree with you for what it's worth. Okay. So I think we can probably cut down on some number of these three drops. What is the three drop you want to cut down on, Dana? Hmm. It's tough. I My eyes draw to Maleficent Sorceress, but I like her card draw. Oh, tough. Um, I don't know. What's your gut telling you? Nah, that's that's the one I'd probably cut down one or two of. The reason being is that I think Madame M. Fox is insanely powerful. Uh, Merlin Crab is kind of what our whole early game is is about right like, yeah the strategy for... yeah just like playing a taller Cusco and then using crap to trade and then we have mickey mouse which is one of the probably the better cards in the deck as it is anyway right okay uh, so we'll cut two of her and then what else should we be cutting let's see so i think that we could probably cut one or two let it goes it's a really good card, but because we have Yzmas and Hades, and hopefully we control the early game with Crab Merlin, I hope we don't need it as much. Another card I think we can cut one of is One Jump Ahead. We already have a bunch of ramp spells, and this one being an uninkable one and not a character that trades well means it's probably a little bit worse than the others. Mm-hmm. So that puts us down to 67. We are right there. So close. Seven more. Where are we going to find them? 
Where are we going to find them? All right. So, honestly, this does not look like the best Bell Strange But Special deck. Mm-hmm. It, I really don't want to, but I just don't know if we're generating enough cards until I would play it to know if we really need her or not. I think she's also the one kind of threat that just doesn't do anything in the mid game super well like rabbit merlin at least draw some cards merlin goat is good at trading bell strange but special doesn't really do any of that you have to wait for yeah, her to, to she's kind of slow in that regard she doesn't really have a big impact on the board and i also think maleficent uninvited is also kind of in that same boat not having a huge impact on the board but at least this one quests for a lot and can brawl a little bit. So I think we can get rid of some of the Bell Strange but specials. Okay. Should we... Hear me out. Do we need four Hades or should we go down to three? I really like four Hades just because it's so good at interacting. I think Hades is probably just one of the better cards in the game. So I kind of want to keep four. Maybe we can go down to three though just to, just to test it out. So that's 64. We need to cut four more cards. I think what we could do... Maleficent Uninvited is a really good card, but I don't know if just having mid-game Quester is really what this deck needs. I think it's either wanting to challenge on the board or interact via Hades or Elsa or Yzma or draw some cards with Goat, right? I think this is kind of the last thing this this deck wants to do, so I can see just cutting these as well. Okay. All together? Yeah. That's fine. That actually, what is that, 60 now? Are we at 60? Oh. We are at 60. You know, I didn't think we were going to make it. <laughs> it was looking sketchy when we had 90. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> so down? going through really quick, our cost curve is looking a little bit better now. For our three drops, we have 14, we have 18. Um, two drops, we are at 15. So much better now. Our uninkables were at 20. That's pretty high, but you have to consider too, we are playing a ramp deck. So that might take care of itself with our Mickey Mouse Detective and One Jump Ahead. Maybe we would be putting whatever that face down card is. Maybe it is an uninkable and we luck out. So you have to kind of, I guess, consider that a little bit. But Going through our list really quick, we have ended up with four Olafs, four Cusco Llamas, four Madame M. Snake, four Gramatala, four Fox, two Sorceress, four Crab, four Mickey Mouse Detective, two Jetsum, four Goat, four Rabbit, two Yzma, three Ursula, three Hades, and three Elsa Spirit of Winters. Our songs, we have three One Jump Aheads, Four friends on the other sides and two let it goes. How are we feeling about this? So I am actually really interested in trying this deck out because I legit want to see how good Crab Merlin plus like Grandma Tala and Cusco are at controlling the early game while also when you find those extra ink sources through Cusco's card draw or just Grandma Tala's ability itself. So I am really curious. Merlin Crab also helps cards like Maleficent Sorceress be relevant, Mickey Mouse Detective be relevant. Because I feel like often with those cards, you play them, you get their ability right away, 
and then you just really don't have anything to do with them. Like yeah. so often I'm like, man, Mickey Mouse is great for the ramping, but after that, I can't do anything with him because he's not strong enough to challenge. Mm-hmm. You might quest once or twice and it just gets banished into exile and you're just kind of sad because it didn't have really a because it didn't really have a board presence, right? Right, for sure. So, although we're very intrigued with how this deck is going to work, should we kind of talk about why we might not be seeing this color combo? So, for one, I don't think we see this color combo that much because, I mean, if you if you look at this specific deck list, like, all the Sapphire cards are just, like, we have one, two, three, four, five different Sapphire cards in this deck. Yeah, it's pretty much a splash of Sapphire. Yeah, so, and they're just the Sapphire cards that you would see in... Every Sapphire deck, Grandma Tala, Mickey Mouse Detective, Hades, One Jump Ahead, and Let It Go, there aren't that many other Sapphire cards that are very common. There's Flavorsham and Popsicle and Fishbone Quill. Besides that, uh, maybe I guess the two-cost Corella as well because it can challenge evasives. But besides that, you Sapphire is just not... A very deep color so that's really why you don't see much sapphire at all beyond that with these two colors specifically amethyst doesn't have any item synergies so it doesn't work with sapphire on that axis and all the really powerful cards in these two colors are uninkable uh, whether it's Mickey Mouse, Ursula, Hades, Elsa, they're all uninkable. Rabbit Merlin. Like, we have, what do we say, 20 uninkables? Yeah. We have 20 uninkables, and we're just trying to play the, the most powerful cards in these two colors. Like, if you pair either of these colors up with Ruby, a lot of Ruby's best cards, besides be prepared are all inkable mm-hmm. so you just have a little more consistency with you know your ink in the early game uh, besides that it also does not look like a deck that can beat really aggressive go wide strategies because it doesn't have grab your swords or be prepared and i think those are some really good tools to to beat those decks this is a deck that can definitely beat like, let's say your opponent just plopped down one big character one after another. I definitely think that if your opponent was just playing, like, their own Ursulas into their own Elsas kind of a thing, this is probably a deck that's really good against that because you have Hades, you have Let It Goes, you have Yzmas, you have the Merlin Crab to help trade up into those things. But, yeah, I just, it, it's not going to deal with uh, a wide board very well either. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll be interested to see. We should do some testing. Maybe you could do like a video playing this out and testing it, seeing if it has any legs to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to do that. I think it looks really interesting. It looks really fun. And then I'll probably end up making some tweaks in that video as well. So that'll be a, a good experience as well. Cool. Well, I think that about does it for today. That was, it was interesting. I think we should do another one, but do another unconventional one maybe ruby steel or something like that because we never see ruby steel either so yeah not not very common with that one either but we always like to challenge the status quo that's right 
So We're rebels. We're rebels. <laughs> All right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Feel free to check it out. Like I said, I'll put the link in the episode description. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you like what we picked, if you would have picked something different that we might not have been seeing. So we would love to hear from you guys. But in the meantime, we hope you have a good week and we will talk to you next week. Appreciate you guys. See you next week.